This is Late Afternoon Gaming, playing some more Adventurers League. Tonight, it's a downtime double feature. Enjoy. Well, welcome to session 20, psych. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, fans. Last time was, I guess, <laughs> 19 and a half, or whatever. Yeah, so it'll be 19 and a half, and then a downtime, and then session 20 will be next time. <clears throat> so, Probably. maybe. Super fans, um... Here's a pro tip from your favorite DM. You you really can't afford to go too many weeks without playing anything because people will find other things to do with their time. So even <laughs> if you don't have time to plan at the moment and continue the campaign, you got to do you have to fill that slot with something. Um, and with us, that's Adventurers League because it takes no prep. So yeah, that's actually a feature of Adventurers League. Is if you prepare, it makes it worse. It's true. <laughs> Yeah, you will not have more fun than if you just do it blind. Uh, so, and for added flavor, we're using high-level characters. Yeah, I don't know if we brought this up on the podcast, but we actually had a previous campaign that we did, and yeah, that should be news to most <laughs> listeners. Yeah, uh, but yeah. these are twentieth-level characters from that campaign. Now, that's only so. true if you are currently traveling forward in time, mm. and the time cube says that. It, that might be the case, but it might not, I think. Right, for anyone traveling backwards, this is a campaign we'll play in the future, just to clear up any confusion there. Oh, time That's games. a good point. Um, i bring that back. Isn't it, wasn't that a... I don't, think, I don't know if the site is up anymore. Time cube? Oh, no, it is. Uh, yeah, of course it is. It depends on which corner of the day you're currently on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, true. <laughs> four corners of the day, just like the four corners of a cube. Right, exactly. Um... But, uh... I love yeah, how, it, on the website, it clarifies, by the way, corner equals vertical edge. Sure. All right. Yeah. Naturally. Um, well, before before we get started playing, should we well, describe well, our, our characters? Before we even do any of that, I want to, you know, continue with my advice. Oh, go on. So it's a real thing. In all seriousness, I, I, I recommend that you have some kind of either pre-planned and canned option that you can execute on short notice or you find something like we have where you don't need a prep at all and you can skid into your driveway and run inside and say go and start DMing um, so now I'm done <laughs> okay so before we start playing I think we should describe our characters because oh, that's these will be fair. Yeah. Oh, fresh, well, fresh for the listeners I guess I want to I take it back then so one of the many things that one of the many strange choices I made for the first campaign I DM'd was I leveled the players really rapidly and all the way to 20 by the end. And not just um, that, you also gave us a lot of very powerful magic items. Yeah. We were super busted by the time the campaign ended. <laughs> I was skeptical of it. I assumed they were cursed because we were getting so many of them. <laughs> right. Uh, so you actually refused some. Yeah, what you refused a shield? Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. What? What? It was a what? Defender shield or whatever? It it was some shield that gave me like uh, it like made it impossible to hit me with spells or something stupid like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but so I I had, uh, I had I heard like, the I advice. It. Like I I knew that a lot of people recommended you know that you don't go past level fifteen and that it's not fun anymore and and stuff like that. But um, I knew that everybody loves leveling up. Like it's very satisfying. Um, people love getting new gear, and the other thing was, you know, the, the campaign was getting much better towards the end, and it was clear that 
Um, one of the things that the group really liked doing was solving these wacky puzzles. And Tomb of Annihilation has a lot of puzzles, especially towards the end. And I think a lot of them don't really work as designed. And so giving the players a bunch of different tools makes that interesting because I don't need to have any particular solution in mind. Um, but it did trivialize the end encounter. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which is to be expected. Uh, and it made combat really, really long because everyone had a, a book for a character sheet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which one of the 17 options do I want to take to end this fight? Right. Right, yeah. The decision of what to do is often like, hmm, well, I've got, yeah, 800 different spells. But yeah, Never my- made it too challenging for specifically Nerf's character, but everyone else was a spellcaster. <laughs> yeah, oh, I also made some... Uh, I, I, I don't remember what else we did. I know I gave Nerf a homebrew, extremely overpowered weapon, um, but people were able to fly by the end. Uh, like, half of the party could just fly around. Uh, Nerf's character had the ability to just stop spellcasting within 10 feet of him whenever yep. he wanted not necessarily on his turn uh, no saving throw no nothing just yep, you just, can't cast nope, spells right nope. um, it, it was crazy I don't regret it but it was definitely um, fun right but the, the I mean the way I ran Tomb of Annihilation was very much a I don't know what to do so I'm going to try to throw as many ingredients at this as possible um, and now my approach is much more, you know, less is more. Uh, there's this funny quote by the, who's a, a famous bassist, um, Jaco Pastorius, who said, uh, you don't need five strings, you need more practice. Um, that's funny. Right, and so that's, that, that's what I think of whenever people are trying to add shit, and it's like, nope, you don't need that, you need to, you have everything you need right in front of you, you need to get good at using it. You know, it's a sure sign of being a bass player is that you can name bass players. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you can go deeper than Getty Lee. I was about to say Getty Lee. <laughs> uh, then uh, you, you probably touched the instrument at some point. But um, And, and I, I think we've succeeded on the less is more thing as a table with Curse of Strahd. For sure, yeah. This is um, a significantly yeah. less complex campaign and i think mm-hmm. that it is at least in the, in terms of how we're running it and i think it's better for it yeah. but there were it's definite, also just more role play focused i think which it is you, you just don't need as many rules for yeah. but the absurdity of tomb of annihilation definitely uh while i think the campaign overall was was worse that particular aspect did uh <laughs> make things really fun I don't think we could do Tomb of Annihilation the same way, though, If even Probably if we tried. No, no. Like, inevitably, because uh, my, my NPCs were all very flat because I didn't think they were important. Yeah, Who cares about that? Probably true, yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, if, if I had it to do over again, the NPCs would be much more colorful and, and memorable. Um, but... Uh, I, yeah, but I think part of it is the nature of the campaign. So with Curse of Strahd, you're like going from place to place and there's wilderness out there that you can fight stuff in but i think the focus is on like these locations where there are people at like a lot of them there's a lot of towns to go to sure when you're in tomb of annihilation there's like 
a town, and I'm exaggerating, but there's there's not that many places of civilization. No. It's a lot of, no, I'm just in the wilderness trying to fight my way through the undead and whatever else. But there are factions out there and other individuals and guides you can bump into that you guys either didn't meet or probably just don't remember because I presented them so flatly. Because I was obsessed with hex crawling. Like, that's what I thought was cool. I really wanted to... And it, I, it was kind of a projection thing where I was, you know, I just assumed that everybody would think, yeah, everyone would want the same things I wanted out of it. Um, and I, like, really liked the map aspect where it's this huge map. Now, as it turns out, it's actually, like, a game-breakingly huge map, and it makes the campaign very difficult. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Like, as written, you couldn't really possibly complete it as fast as they want you No, to. no. I mean, one of the, the first things that you, you realize looking at it with a critical eye, you know, if, if you're going to run it, is, oh, this, like, I have to adjust the timeline because this doesn't make any sense. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... I think that if the characters had been more three-dimensional, and to be fair, I don't know that you guys were ready to really interact with three-dimensional characters at that time either. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not the only one who's, you know, leveled up at the table here, but uh, but yeah, if, if we went back and redid Tomb of Annihilation, it would be different, and that's one of the ways it would be different, and you guys would not be level 20 demigods running around, flying over the treetops. Um, you know, communicating with each other telepathically and zapping zombies from the ground. And yeah, like that—that that wouldn't be happening. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I do think there is something to be said for it. even still with some of these encounters. Like, I think Curse of Strahd makes it easy sometimes to develop non-combat solutions to problems. Yeah. Whereas, I think Tomb of Annihilation, there. There are probably some things that we did combat for that we didn't have to, but most of it would still end up, just, it would turn into a fight at some point. Yeah. Um, just because of the nature of, of the goals and the locations that you're going to. Well, I mean, part of that, and this was a meme of that campaign, was I kept threatening that it was going to be extremely deadly, and then I kept pulling my punches because I was worried about killing a player character. Um, sure. Which I'm... I'm significantly less concerned about now and you guys have come close a couple of times yeah. uh, but I also have a different approach to it I think this is a Matt Colville thing which is the uh, the, the idea that um, it's not, not always but generally a good idea to um, you know if the players get themselves into trouble but they've been making good decisions to cut them a little bit of slack. Vice, you know, if they make bad decisions and they, they die, they die. Um, you know, in Tomb of Annihilation, my thinking was, oh, this is very mechanical. Like, they went into this thing which activates this event. And, you know, we're going to roll the dice. And if they die, they die. Except when it came to it, I was reluctant to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and there was very little, um, I guess, DM interference for the sake of good storytelling. But... Um, yeah, I know. I've, I've, like, turned a corner on the way I look at my characters, though. Like, I... The two characters I'm playing right now are, like, my, my two favorite characters I've ever played. Yeah. But I'm also, the, like, the least married to them that I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, if once one or both of them die, like, I'm, you're not even going to catch me frowning about it. Well, I think we're also playing in a campaign now where it would be interesting to bring a different character in or to have the group have to start over. 
Um, yeah. You know, whereas in Tomb of Annihilation, I'm not sure how I would have done that in a way that was interesting. Because in, in Curse of Strahd, the, like, the world has changed as you have interacted with it. And so coming through into Barovia the second time would be different. And it would be interesting because of that. And, you know, Tomb of Annihilation would not have been quite like that. Well, enough about that. Let's get to some adventures, Lee. Okay. Oh, yeah. So like you said, let's uh, let's go around and describe the characters. So, uh, Shepard, why don't you start? All right. So my character is Claire Delarin. She is a female human cleric, level 20. Um, specifically, I think it's Storm Cleric, yeah. if I remember correctly. Um so, uh, she is, uh, she tries to be lawful good, doesn't always succeed, but, um, You may notice some similarities here. <laughs> yeah, listen, I have a hard time playing, playing good characters. Uh, it's something I want to be good at, and I'm just not. Um, but yeah, so she's, uh, she's a flying tank. She's one of the ones that she can just fly now as long as she's outside. Um, her, her goal... Uh, as a character ha- has already been reached post uh, Tomb of Annihilation so now she's uh, well in her hometown she's building a temple to Tyr um, and and using the vast wealth and resources that she uh, acquired in Tomb of Annihilation to help the poor and needy and build a place of healing um, but some of her time she spends tracking down and keeping tabs on Jack's character, Corvid, because she fears that he will one day become a scourge upon the earth. One day. One certainly not now, but one day. So so what's up with your character? So <laughs> my character is Corvid. He is a half elf warlock, also twentieth level. They're all twentieth level. And he is uh, kind of similar to what to Shepard's situation. Not really that different from Aizen in demeanor. Just kind of doesn't really care about anything. But since he is incredibly powerful at this point, mostly he's just bored and is looking for thrills. So he goes around and just does whatever seems interesting, regardless of whether or not it uh, inconveniences or harms the people around him. He is, since he's 20th level and a warlock, has just access to a massive catalog of spells, and, as we kind of alluded to earlier, uh, well, Shepard alluded to the fact that we are, we all have massive amounts of money because of our previous campaign. We have, like, hundreds of thousands of, like, gold pieces between us, which is absurd. And in addition to that, Duncan gave us all very powerful magic items, so... Corvid has, uh, let's see, he has a cloak of the bat, except for flavor, it's a cloak of the crow for Corvid, so as long as it's nighttime, he can, he can fly, and, uh, as long as he's in shadow, he can turn into a crow, and then he can fly during the daytime if he wants, so, similar to Claire, flight, but with limitations. He also has a staff of power, which gives him even more spellcasting flexibility, (laughs) Uh, an alchemy jug, which is probably the most powerful thing in his arsenal, honestly. We got that in a very clever puzzle temple. It's, it's <laughs> at least the most sentimentally valuable item yeah, in his collection. Good memories on that one. Uh, and uh, he dual wields staffs. He has a staff of the python as well, which is significantly less useful, but it's pretty fun. The most powerful weapon in his arsenal is a cantrip called Mold Earth. 
<laughs> Which he uses to great effect at all times. <laughs> it's his go-to spell for everything. But yeah, Corvid is a very fun character to play, and I'm looking forward to, to revisiting him. Would you say that it's fair to say that Corvid's theme is dirt? Yeah. Maybe his defining quality. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely the thing that he thinks about the most. Mm. Anything Jack. that can be solved with dirt, and mi- most things that can't be solved with dirt, it's going to be his go-to tool, and then he'll fix it later if he has to. When you die in real life, if I become as wealthy as I expect to with this podcast, I intend to build the house of the man in Crocodile and entomb <laughs> oh, you inside of it. <laughs> so stupid. Such a bullshit puzzle. Oh, I guess I should probably say, by the way, because I said warlock, but... uh so, it's Pact of the Tome, and he's a Hexblade. So, the Pact of the Tome means that I get uh, a lot more cantrips to play around with. Although, we never really capitalized on that. The The benefit of Pact of the Tome is whenever you run into a ritual spell, which is a, a spell where it doesn't take a spell slot, but yeah, it just takes an hour to cast. Um, if you run into them and you're Pact of the Tome, then, uh, provided you take a couple of extra features, you can obtain that and cast it as a ritual and you can potentially expand your repertoire quite a bit. We never did that, so uh, maybe maybe that'll be Corvid's new journey, is filling out his, his spellbook. Yeah, you also make the least of your spellblade or uh, hexblade thing, because you, you always just use Eldritch Blast, so this yeah, the whole sword <laughs> thing never comes into play either. If I could go back, I would not be a hexblade anymore. And in fact, Duncan, if if uh, we're going to be potentially using our 20th level characters with any regularity, I might request respecking Corbett as a uh, great old one, because I feel like that's more fitting. <laughs> I think that's super appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for the purposes of this session, at least he's a Hexblade. I, uh, I have no problem with that. I suspect you will survive uh, regardless. I think it'll probably be fine, but Corbett... Uh, Definitely could use the flavor of being slightly insane. But that, that's, that's basically what you need to know about Corbett. He doesn't care. He He's like the, you know, shitty players when they're like, I want to just be unhinged, so I'm chaotic neutral. That's Corbett. Perfect. Right. Uh, and what about Emmerich? <laughs> so I, I look on Emmerich with a great deal of fondness because this is the first D&D character that I ever played. Um, I, the kind of idea I was going for with him was kind of like the... the you know, younger son of a, mer- uh, you know, a, a rich merchant family. So he grew up, you know, around a lot of wealth, but wasn't going to inherit any of it. Um, and so kind of turned to adventuring to, um, to make his, make his mark on the world. Um, like, like I mentioned, he's a, uh, a level 17 fighter and a level three artificer. And, um, the artificer part was kind of a, so a decision I made early on in the campaign was that he was going to be afraid of magic and and not use any magic items and i played most of the campaign that way um and kind of towards the end i started realizing that's probably holding me back a little bit so i decided you know emrick's emrick's kind of arc was going to be he was going to learn and try to study and understand magic um which is why he started going down the artificer route to kind of like it's like immersion therapy exactly yeah to understand this a little better um post Post Tomb of Annihilation, um, I, I don't think we've ever roleplayed this out, but kind of like what I pictured him is that, you know, with the contacts he made during our, our adventure in Chult, he 
established his own merchant company, you know, shipping goods back from uh, back from Chult to you know the the Sword Coast, I guess. Um, you know, uh, specializing in the uh, <laughs> the weed flowers we encountered at the uh, the Medusa's temple. <laughs> um, you know, uh, he's he's similar to Cockabee, my Curse of Strahd character, in that they're both kind of airheads. However, <laughs> <laughs> while while Cockabee is more of a like Cockabee really wants to do good. He's really trying hard to be a good person and, and to help others. Um, Emric is very selfish. <laughs> um, I mean, he'll he'll help out if it's not super inconvenient, but he's more concerned with you know his his own branding, I guess you could say. So he's more of like a rich airhead, whereas Cockabee is like a pious airhead. <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the uh, we Duncan and I air quotes role played this out uh the eventual end to claire's story is that she one day years from now ends up dying trying to fight off uh corvid's army of monsters of some kind uh (laughs) but (laughs) neither claire nor corvid know that right now uh that that is many many years down the line from now and right now they are still friends i like to think that even as claire is dying she's still like you know what, Corbid? You're okay. She, she <laughs> probably thinks that you just like your like fundamental lack of morality. Like it's it's I can't even really call you evil because evil suggests that you have some desire to do bad or something like that. Uh-huh. It, it it's like a like a wolf, you know, biting a, a human. It, it, the wolf isn't evil. It, that's just like that's just what it does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it, you still need to stop it, and that's probably how Claire looks at it. That's fair. Corbett has been successfully respected into a great old one, aligned uh, warlock. So this should be interesting. You now have eyes growing out of <laughs> all mm-hmm. the empty spots in your skin. With you playing Bloodborne, I feel like you're uh, now uniquely, well, not uniquely, you're you're going to be able to better appreciate this because you're already thinking Lovecraft. Oh, yeah. All right. With that, Duncan, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Um, okay, so this is D&D Adventurers League, Harried and Hillsfar. This is part of the Rage of Demons series of Adventurers League modules. It also has this big stamp on it that says D&D Expeditions. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> All I know is we're back in Hillsfar, you're, ba- you're back in Hillsfar. <laughs> okay, well, the players are back in Hillsfar. The player characters are uh, recent visitors to this land. So, um, I think we'll say that Corvid and Claire, um, have recently exited Dr. Jubal's carnival, um, <laughs> which they, Having uh, cleansed it of all, uh, having, all evil. Right. Having cleansed yeah. it of, of, of the evil doppelganger that they encountered last week. Spoilers for anyone else who, uh, is playing through Rage of Demons right now. And, um, how, Nerf? How does Emric get here? Is is Emric brought here by the other two, or do, is this a total freak incident? Um, I'm looking for more salts out here. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I think so. Emric, I, I think if invited, Emric would see the uh, the business opportunity that this presented and would <laughs> would come. Nothing to do um, with friendship. 
Yeah, no, I mean, like... There's money to be made. Yeah, there's money to be made. Well, and I mean, like, adventuring with Corvid and, and Claire has been pretty lucrative so far. Um, sure, you're mad. Yeah, business. certainly the best venture that you've uh, you've had. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he, there's a reason he has, you know, 134,000 gold pieces uh, in his bank account. <laughs> mm-hmm. So fucking ridiculous. I know, yeah. Like, we are a walking economy as a group. Yep, yep. I think he's thinking, hmm, maybe I should buy Hillsfar um, as he's heading over there. Okay. Yeah, Emmerich, I don't, I don't know where. stories about uh, some weird crow-themed dude and some incredibly powerful uh, cleric who's just summoning temples out of nowhere, and he goes, yeah, I think I know what's going on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll head over there. There's probably some money to be made over here. Um, I Hillsfar is, like, super inland, I think, so... Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it is I, I not think, near the Sword Coast. I, I think I've, I've, you know, I've mostly been trading along the Sword Coast, and I'm, and I'm thinking, hmm. So well, Hillsfar is near the Moon Sea, right? Yes. Here's an opportunity to, uh, yeah. to do some trading. I think Moon Sea is an inland sea, though. It is. Uh, everyone yeah. has been correct so far. It's, it's farther inland. It's near the Moon Sea. The Moon Sea is an inland sea. Cool. Good job. Dave. I think this all takes place cool. in Faerun as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you're. Emmerich's minding his own business, and then he gets he hears Claire's voice in his head as she casts Sending. <laughs> she says, Hey, Emmerich, like, you should come to Hillsfowl. They need some of your spices, or whatever. And that's it. <laughs> Good. Goes, yeah, Claire really stopped giving a fuck after, after we were done Emmerich with Azarek. Hmm, Hillsfowl. Hillsfowl. Yeah. So, yeah. As, as Claire is sending this message to Emmerich, um, and Emmerich is walking along the forest path thinking, yeah, yeah, hills far. Um, and Corvid is walking beside Claire. They come around a bend simultaneously and see that they're, you're all right there. Oh, hey, Malik. <clears throat> yeah, I, <laughs> and, I, I, and, I, and just like that, you get hit with a wall of flavor text. Okay. Oh, my. Rumors of strange occurrences brought you to the hills far region. The vague and bizarre rumors ranged from leprechauns showering travelers with gold to undead armies terrorizing the many farmsteads. The one rumor that turned out to be true was perhaps the wildest of all. All the non-human citizens within the walls of the city-state of Hillsfar were evicted. evicted. The only non-humans left in the city are slaves who fight at the arena. Fights to the death. Anyone not obviously human is turned away at the hill's far gate, the only way into and out of the walled city. You travel north on the Moon Sea Ride, the often used merchant road south of Hillsfar, which also navigates through expansive Cormanthor Forest. Uh, oh, this doesn't even make sense. It says, others, in brackets, the other characters, travel with or near you, but I'm reading this to all of you, so I don't know how you're supposed <laughs> to put that in. Um, a muffled shout bursts from a corpse of trees off the road. A corpse and of trees. A corpse, corpse of, of trees. trees. It's back. Right. Yeah. It's it's like I mean you know what it's like. It's just a. Cre- it's like foliage. It's like yeah. It's like foliage. <laughs> it's a it's a creepy, spooky grouping of trees. Mm-hmm. Um. There's a there's a dead, corpse dead that trees looks like ice usually. Um, a muffled shout bursts from a copse of trees off the road. And an old human man wearing torn and bloody clothes staggers into view. So, in this case, uh, 
it's Claire and Corvid standing next to each other, Emric facing them um, as you, you know, are startled seeing each other. And then this this muffled shout bursts forth from the trees and the old man comes out onto the path. The blood on his clothes comes from small cuts and scratches rather than any large wound. His charge toward you is slow, ponderous, and shaky. He's actually clutching an orb. Oh, is he? <laughs> oh, yeah. Pondering the orb? Yeah. Good. Before you can even draw weapons or ready spells, he collapses in the grass. He still shouts, however, although the words grow fainter and fainter with each passing moment. Um, I'm not supposed to share the next bit of text with you, but it's so oddly written that I'm going to, because um, I really like it. Uh, it says, anyone approaching the man can see he is old, but not elder, injured, but not fatally, and appears to be suffering. But for no apparent reason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought he was covered in cuts and blood. Uh, yeah, I didn't say it matched the flavor text. I just liked the way it was it was written. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so old man comes out, stumbles, falls on the ground, and he's he uh, he's shouting. Mm. The first is that the place where dandelions rise above and cover the people. The virile and the virulent can be one and the same. The hell changed one is lost and then several are found. The second runs red with the blood of roots where an heiress lies and hides her pains in log wooden boxes. She hides more than that. Only keep what is hers. <laughs> <laughs> I cast healing word on him. It doesn't work. The third is that the spring of oh, blessed no. life is okay. protect and the projector's haunt. The water runs on, of course, we must be freed for all. The fourth holds the great thundering beast, but the beasts are gone to give way to the great thundering beast. beast with deads in its eyes. They await a place of ancient elven evil. The fifth lies with the ancient thundering Do you think we're beast. finally going to face off against Steelburg? Uh, after all this time. After all this time? Okay, so I obviously didn't catch any of that, yeah. and I, I can't heal him and get him to calm down. Um... It says he repeats his message several times, so I'm just going to do that again for a while. The first is at the place with dandelions, right? Um, there's a... It, it's okay, you don't have to. It tells me to give you a handout that isn't provided, so... Um, Perfect. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so what are we supposed to get out of this? So, we need to go to the spoilers, this is one of those Adventures League modules where it's split into five short chunks, so we'll just do whatever oh, yeah. we want tonight and then move on. So like Beneath the Hills? Like Beneath the Hills, where we did one and then never came back. Yeah, but we will. Okay, we'll get there. There's still um, time. There's still time. Okay, so I, I will clearly read the first one for you, and you can, you know, you can write it down. The first is at the place where dandelions rise above and cover the people. The viral, And cover the people. And cover the people. Mm. Like a graveyard, maybe? Yeah, that's what I'm getting. The virile and the virulent can be one and the same. So it's like monkeypox. Right. <laughs> the hell-tinged <Yeah>. one <laughs> is lost, and then several are found. The, the first, what now? What are you? What are you talking about? He dies. I do not understand. Oh. <laughs> I'm assuming if I cast Revivify, nothing would happen. It like doesn't work for some reason. Yeah. How strange! This man, he is, he is dead, and I cannot do anything about it. Yeah. What do you What do you make of this COVID? I, uh. I'm not sure I care, but... Oh, yeah, okay. But, but, I mean, like, what, what, is that, what does that mean for anything, you know? He just, the guy comes out, know, screams I, and shit, collapses. I am thinking that he might just be insane, or might have been insane. Um, let us continue on to Hillsfile and see what is going on with the exile of the non-humans. All right. We'll, uh, we'll lock in that, uh, 
walk in that little speech, and if nothing interesting comes up, I guess we can see right. what kind of stuff's going on that drives people crazy. I roll it down here, and I hold up this, like, <laughs> scribbled notepad. Mm. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay. Um, Claire has a has a little Wacom tablet that she just writes stuff down on. Yeah, so, right, so exactly. somebody give me an int check. An heiress, this I'll, sounds I'll good. do an int oh. check. Yeah. One of our holdovers from a previous campaign is a circlet of intelligence that we stole from a which, koala. Which I am wearing. Yeah. Uh, 19. <laughs> uh, okay, you know that moving on a hill's far is a, not the right move. Cool. Perhaps, you know, I, I just thought about it, and instead of doing the thing we just said, let us instead try to investigate this hmm. place with the dandelions. Yeah, you realize it's probably wise to stay in your lane. <clears throat> the lost wealth of a forgotten time. So yeah, one one moment, I I ascend straight up into the air to <laughs> see if I can, <laughs> so I can see if there uh, if there are any dandelions that I could like fields of yellow or white nearby. Yeah, so you look around for any you know nearby set pieces that you think are you know logical next steps for this adventure, um, and you can see that there is a uh, there's a farm on the outskirts of Hills Farm. Farm. And does that seem like it has anything to do with what I'm looking for? Right. So as you approach the farm. Um, yeah, I, I, I just send right back up to my horse and say, this way. Uh, I, I have no idea how you would actually get here, but um, I have flavor text. The I imagine it would words, be very similar to what you just did, where the DM just says, you see a farm and you approach it. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's like a Tinfellow Valley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we um, know, we got there. Yeah. Uh, the madman's yeah, words spoke of Farbo Farms. The farmhouse, sheds, and barns on the road ahead match the description in the madman's prophecy. Now you know it's a prophecy. Uh, The green painted walls and yellow roofs make the buildings look like huge dandelions sprouting in the fields. (laughs) Just what Claire saw when she was, uh, you know, when she was flying. A pair of short figures carries sloshing buckets from a nearby stream towards one of the barns. A significant amount of noise emanates from inside the farmhouse itself, as if a crowd of angry people are all shouting at once. Uh, as you approach, you realize that the two small figures carrying buckets are a young female half-orc and a young female dwarf. They shy away from you, but they don't flee. Uh, what, what time of day is it? Late afternoon. Uh, good late afternoon, uh, young ones. May, uh, may I speak with you? Uh, the half-orc, you know, with a greenish skin and uh, a, a pretty uncomfortable-looking underbite, looks at you and said, Nyan Krona. Krona. The dwarf attempts to curtsy and drops her buckets and groans and says, My name's Brid. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is a beautiful name. Uh, I am Claire. We are new here, and we are uh, we were uh, guided here on some... <laughs> For some reason, uh, there seems to be a lot going on in this small farmstead. What is uh Can you can you tell us a bit about it? Ask Ma and Pa. What about uh, your uh, mother all, and father? All I heard was Ma and Pa. Anything else? Oh, I guess my super cool deep voice doesn't come across. Uh, Grona interprets for her her, uh, her dwarven compatriot and says, "Ask Ma and Pa," and then nods towards the norm- the noisy farmhouse. Hmm. Thank you. And then she uh, takes her buckets and uh, gets the dwarven girl to pick up her buckets, and they start shuffling towards the farmhouse. I follow them. Okay. Uh, 
Let's go see this mod. Oh. So you can see um, some other children of, of various races. Uh, looks like they're going about chores, watering livestock, mucking out the barn, things like that. It's a diverse commune is what you're saying. You don't know how property rights work here. That's not clear from, you know, what, what you've seen so far. Um, as you look into the farmhouse, you can see that the farmhouse door is propped open with a hay fork, revealing a tumultuous scene. More than 20 people mill about a bustling kitchen. At least 10 are children of various races, none human. The adults, on the other hand, are all human. A woman of middle years shouts above the den. In one arm, she cradles an infant human, whilst a second rests in a sling at her waist. Three other adult humans and a young non-human hold other human newborns. Between the woman and those helping her, there are a total of six human infants. Okay. Interesting. I would argue it's not that interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) You're interested. Oh, I see. Yeah. Valley Sure. So is the tumultuousness just because there's a lot of screaming babies, or is there something uh, happening? It's uh, yeah. It's it's just it's just a racket. It's not like a um. There's nothing happening. It's it's just noisy because of all the kids. Excuse me. That's only period of silence. Have you uh? Have you lost a hell tinged one? Um. Are you asking the woman of middle uh, years? I'm just kind of asking the the room. So I guess the woman. Sure, yeah, I'm asking the woman. Does she look could viral be, or virulent? Could it be that they lost a tiefling child? She looks at you, um, and you're, you're an odd-looking bunch, and she looks down at the kids and uh, the other adults in the room, and she, uh, holding her one, uh, holding the one baby in her arm and, and with the other baby, uh, like, in a, in some holstered. kind of sling. Yeah, holstered. Um, <laughs> holstered baby. Uh, Face like face down, head down. Um, she uh, kind of waddles out towards you, and uh, she she waves a wooden spoon at you with her free hand. Not like she's trying to strike you, but just like she she uses it to gesture, and she really she's pretty aggressive about it. She's flinging broth um, at Emmerich, <laughs> and uh, all over my fine Cormirian cloak. She says. Hi, the name's B. How 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 you folks doing? <laughs> hey, B. Hi. Um, have you? Hey, lost if that you're uh, if you're here for a meal, grab some taters from the bin and peel them, and we'll cook them up for you. All right. You have to catch and dress your own chicken, though. Uh, we are not here to eat. We are. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we eat, you make yourselves useful. Someone needs to go and fetch Penroth. Ask two girls outside where that boy has got off to. If any of you have any skill in husbandry, run out over to the goat barn over there. See if Jovi's kids ready to pop you and Verner. Verner, and she points at one of the men that's inside. She says, she says uh, take these folks and uh, introduce them to Jovi. When you're done, come back for me, all right? Yeah, it, yeah go go ahead now. Well, and she goes back pin-roth? inside. <laughs> was, the, was the Pinroth the missing kid? Uh, that's right. Let's go talk to the girls outside and find Pinroth, I guess. Oh, okay. Like, <laughs> if this is what it takes to get a meal, I would love to get some, some mashed taters. So... Yeah. She well, didn't say anything about myself. <laughs> she said peeling them. You're just going to eat a giant potato. Yeah, perfect. Like an apple. Hey. Corvid rolls his eyes and says, this is beneath me. <laughs> it's very well made be. Uh, I I was more curious about the uh, the people getting evicted from Eelsfowl. 
a a yeah. young <laughs> halfling lad. He's short and sickly looking and sullen. Um, comes up to you from inside the farmhouse and sighs dramatically and says, "I'm Werner." Hello, Werner. Let's go find Jovi. Who is Jovi? Isn't Jovi the animal that's about to have a kid? The the goat that's about to pop. Yeah. I cast Lesser Restoration on this kid. You really put some pep in his step. But I bet his voice doesn't change at all. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's go find Jovi. (laughs) All right, Venal, lead the way. Um, and he, you know, chest puffed up, shoulders back. It's like he just got a pep talk from Jordan Peterson himself. Mm-hmm. Oh my um, god, Jordan Peterson's coming yeah. back again. Right, he says, yeah, when I'm done with this, gone. I'm going to clean my room. And Good for you, Van Al. <laughs> <laughs> he triumphantly strides over to the goat barn and uh, takes one look at Jovi and says, Those kids aren't ready yet. False alarm. And he, <laughs> he rends at you and says, Alright, let's fetch Penroth, shall we? And <laughs> Can you describe Penroth? Is he perhaps hell-tinged? Hey, have any of your friends gone missing recently? Um, he looks at, uh, Corvid and says, You better watch your mouth. Pinroth's one of us. I backhanded this child. Yeah. Sorry, it's just we ran (laughs) into a guy on the road who was old but not elderly. I'm sure you know what I mean. He catches Uh, Claire's hand, like, catches the wrist as it comes down. I've got 20 strength. Yeah, Yeah. he crushes your your wrist. (laughs) Shatters it. Yeah. He says, you might have 20 strength, but you're a woman. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, he says, you shut your your mouth when you're talking to me. Yeah, so he dies. This this guy is lawful. No, 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 no. This is about disciplining, not hurting. Oh. Um, So as he he deflates, uh, he says... Easy come, easy go. Uh, it, I just undid the lesser restoration. Yeah. <laughs> and he he sullenly shuffles um, around and he says, "Let's find Penroth." Um, yeah. What, what are the details on this uh, missing? Like, why does he need to be found? Did, because did he, he hides. Because he hides. Oh, I see. He has a. Can rebellious, you describe this Penroth? Uh, rebellious, bright, but. Um, you know, doesn't apply himself. Uh, he's a bit of a dreamer, I would say. Okay. Well, okay. Does that help? Well, well it's, it helps us to know him as a person, but it might not help I'll us to identify say, him in a cloud. Well, I don't think he's hiding in a crowd. That's not his M.O. Okay. You see, he's currently going through a rebellious streak. Would you say that he's virulent? I would say that he's been told to stay out of the furthest pasture... Because dangerous creatures have been seen there as of late. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Let's go check Corbett out the is finally interested. Dangerous creatures. Yeah. Um, There's money to be made dangerous creatures. See, so you look around and you see that there are several pastures, but one of them is further than the others. <laughs> you don't say. Um, Claire flies into the air towards it. <laughs> okay. Um, so as you fly in the air, you see... She, she picks up em- Emmerich before she goes so that he can hit her right as well. I think, how I think how Emmerich, does she like, pick him up? <laughs> she just grabs him by like this, his, the scruff of his, uh, his cloak and just <laughs> carries him. Um, steps into the shadow of a tree, turns into a crow, and then just sits on Claire's head <laughs> as, she, as she flies. So he, he digs as a you hole, all he takes off, a hole. <laughs> um, Werner 
shouts at Claire. I'm going to tell B that you hit me. Do it. <laughs> I'll do it again. Yes, you <laughs> okay. You you are racist. Um, Claire says next time it'll hurt your feelings too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, now that all of you are Waffle airborne, um, you can see a uh, a small humanoid figure um, hiding in the tall grass in the pasture. Hmm. I drop Emmerich off next to the kid for him to deal with this. Okay, right, so... I'd land. Emmerich, you land, and you can see that this kid... Well, first, he sees you flying towards him, and he is uh, scared and frozen. Um, and you can see that he is a simply dressed, um, just like everyone else that you've seen, in a farmer's garb, but he is a tiefling. Uh, Guys, <gasps> that was oh right. God. Oh, oh, my gosh. With deep red skin. Um... And uh, as you come up to him, he he bears his his little fangs and and brandishes his little horns at you. Try hitting him. Uh, I hit him <laughs> with the blunt end of my mace of terror. What's up, kid? <laughs> I'm like <clears throat> his head pops off his body. <clears throat> Hello, are um, you the last? child uh and as he begin he opens his mouth to address you when a pack of wild dogs bursts forth <gasps> dogs no! as big as dogs dogs as big <laughs> oh as my wolves guess. what do you do i, I cast call lightning Emery <laughs> <laughs> oh gets ready and then just before he can even turn around the combat's already ended <laughs> Yeah, lightning just strikes in rapid succession okay, and just so, kills all the dogs. <laughs> yeah, the dogs are immediately roasted. Um, and uh, the boy looks at you in wonder when uh, a man, uh, or sorry, a half-elf, appears, uh, bursting out of the tall grass, um, looks around oh my at God, you. God, how many people looks, are in this tall grass? Looks at the dog. <laughs> um, he wears a stag symbol uh, on his armor. Which you, of course, immediately recognize. Oh, yes. He, he's a Baratheon. Yeah. Um, just... And he brandishes a sickle and then realizes the dogs are dead and says, Penroth, are you all right? And uh, Penroth nods mutely. And uh, the man looks at the three of you and says, And who are you? Uh, my name is Claire. This is Emery King Hovid. Uh We came here looking for this lost boy. We found him. Corvid, by the way, has is still a crow. So Claire is indicating just a crow. <laughs> so on, crow. Like, this is Corvid, the crow that sits atop her shoulder. Yeah, uh, no, on your head. Emric, Emric no, adds cockabee's thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Emric, Emric oh, adds. Uh, the kids aren't ready yet. What? Not ready. What? What? I don't understand. That's what they told us to check on. The kids aren't ready yet. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and he. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of takes a second to reset himself, and he says, "I um, I've been tracking this pack of wild dogs for three weeks." And he looks down at the two small, uh, like hungry-looking dogs that you guys killed. <laughs> uh, were you planning on killing? Well, I guess I can't talk. <laughs> uh, Corbin projects into his mind using his great old one powers. Were you planning on killing them? And he projects back into your mind. Gracious, no. 
Uh-oh. Those dogs were the only thing holding back the, the, the dragon that's <laughs> yes. going to kill us all. Um, what were your plans for these dogs, then? My plan was to restore balance to this forest. Oh, why? Oh, so? mm. Why did you need dogs for that? What do the dogs have to do with that? I don't know. I was working on that. <laughs> okay, who are you, and what what is the long term? What what is the imbalance doing? He nods and says, "Yes, uh, yes, you're right." <laughs> okay. Introductions first. I am Beralt. Beralt. Right. And like I said, I am Claire, and this is COVID, uh, and this Beralt is Beralt of Rivia. He 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 uh, like makes kind of a hand washing motion and says, "Excellent. Now we understand each other." <laughs> no, I, sure no do. I don't understand anything. He gives you uh, a, a potion of healing and a vial of alchemist fire. He says, thank you for your help. What's with the alchemist fire? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also offers you a silver sickle worth uh, 50 gold pieces. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll take it. You definitely need the money. Um, he sees us dr- dressed in our like, rich, rich clothing <laughs> and, then, and fancy yeah. armor. He's like, yeah, these guys definitely need this. So it, if... It seems like we ruined your plans. Why are you giving us things? He uh, squints at you and says, Let me ask you. No, no, I shouldn't. Go ahead. Goodbye <laughs> now. My God. Okay. He turns around. I don't know what the fuck we are doing. He turns around and says, All right, all right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> so and then he, he turns again and says, No, I must not. Okay. Uh, Corbett, you must. Corbett, are about uh, to get <laughs> ugly Cor- for you. Corbett turns back into a, a half-elf and just slams the staff of the magi down on this guy's head to incapacitate mm. him. Oh my god. <laughs> and then uses his create thrall feature. Uh... <laughs> You can, use, <laughs> you, can use your, you can use your action to touch an incapacitated humanoid, and it is then charmed by you, and you can telepathically communicate with it on the same plane. Yeah, but I don't Until think the thrall knows on it. what he knows. What's up? I don't think the thrall knows what Beryl knows. No, it just it, no. he's the same person, he's just yeah. charmed. I just, yeah, basically, I'm going to knock him out, and then I can oh, use oh. this, and he is now charmed by me. Sorry, in thrall, not thrall. It, it, the okay. feature is called create thrall, but you are enthralling somebody. Yeah. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Okay, got it. So he uh, he looks at you and waits. Hey, can you explain uh, what's going on? Can you explain what you are doing and why? He says, yes, my actions can easily be explained by the sharing of two simple facts. Could you share and those two facts? Those facts? <laughs> Which one would you like first? The first one. The first one. one. Actually, no, no. The second one. <laughs> And uh, he says, very well. I am a member of the Emerald Enclave, he, he says with a okay. flourish. The Emerald Enclave. Uh, what's, what's that? We are a group of dedicated eco-terrorists. <laughs> oh, you call yourself terrorists. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, freedom fighters. Oh, okay. well, that makes it better. The Emerald, have we heard of the Emerald Enclave? Uh, you have now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, You've heard about factions here and there doing, committing acts that might otherwise be held to as nefarious, uh, or be thought of as nefarious, but, um, you know, it's not clear what the uh, what the purpose is. But now hearing this, some pieces fall into place and you realize perhaps an explanation could have been that when these mills were being destroyed and, and bridges and things like that, it was in, maybe it was... Um, you know, in service to the environment. Uh, 
I thought the Emerald Enclave was a Sword Coast thing. It's in the Sword Coast Adventures Guide. Yeah, well, you'll permit me as a DM to spice things up a little bit. Oh my god. Mm. So, so why? Believe what it or not, the module here? also doesn't say that they're eco-terrorists, but, you know, mm. it's a lot spicier <laughs> than anything else it's in. Okay. So what was the first fact? I'm a druid. Oh, that's cool. And yet he had a silver sickle. How strange. Mm. Um, not oh, a very good so druid. He looks at you and says, a rogue druid. Mm. <gasps> okay. So I, I, I feel like I still don't know anything. Like, why? <laughs> what, that doesn't make sense to you? Come on. Have you heard of... Dark Buddhism. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> well, yes. Well, now um, I understand everything. So we've got the kid. Uh, I feel like we only. Are have you half ready the... for the third fact? Oh, okay, yeah, sure. I remembered another one as I read my notes. Go on, hit us. There have been strange things here at the Farbofar. Multiple births, creatures growing to enormous sizes. Creatures born with extra digits or limbs, etc. A few have even shown traces of some sort of... And he looks down at Penroth and says, Infernal heritage. Okay. I mean, tieflings are, like, normal? They... He looks, I don't know. They, he looks at Penroth they, and looks at you and he says, They are evil. No. no I mean, I'm sure there are bad tieflings out there, but I don't see any, There's nothing wrong with this kid. Or if it's filming this so he can put it on Insta <laughs> later. <laughs> he's like, so yeah, we're going to cancel this guy. Yeah. He looks incredulous, and he looks at you, and he says, nothing wrong. He says, never yes. mind, I'm, enthr- I'm enthralled. That sounds very logical. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> nothing wrong, tell me more. So what, what do you think is the cause of this? Whatever you think is going wrong here. He uh, puts his hands uh, in, in front of him, like he's about to say aliens, but instead he says witches. Witches. Per- perhaps I have no idea. Uh, where do you think these witches might be? Uh, I I don't know another dimension or something. Oh my! But perhaps oh, that's... one very close to our own. Uh, man, do hmm. I have anything? I've got for the interdimensional travel. I, I have a couple methods for that. Um, or someone's been tampering. With the water. Okay. Or. Okay. Or. <laughs> I don't know. An ancient curse. There's a lot of options for what's causing these alleged issues. Or. What? Okay. Interracial marriage. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he shudders. Well, um, witches sounds. If we're if we're going to be traveling to another plane of existence to fight witches. That sounds pretty fun. Like I'm, I'm I, invested. I'll be honest. I doubt that is what is actually happening. But here. it might. I, honestly, be. I, I'm not convinced that anything is happening Claire, here. Claire, I'm so bored. Can we at least try? <clears throat> Where are these okay. witches? He, he does not know. Perhaps what? another uh, dimension. Um, but if we if we wait a day and I can, uh, you know, get my my spells uh, in a row, we can use um, which one? I've got some way to to move to another dimension. I just don't remember it. I've got a dimension door doesn't do it. I have plane shift. Have, you have plane shift. I've got arcane gate. Ah, uh, okay. I've got plane shift. Oh. Plane shift um, works. Yeah, I'll get rid of firestorm and get 
plane shift. That firestorm probably won't need it. I'll be honest. Yeah, the only thing I have that lets me access another plane is Dimmy Plane, and that doesn't that doesn't help us because it's a very. It, it, not only is it full of hags, uh, <laughs> it's they're, they're probably not the right witches. Um, but yeah, so. Me and up to eight willing creatures who link hands in a circle are transported to a different plane of existence. You can specify a target, destination, general terms, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. So I, I we, we got to sleep on it first, but I can do that. Well, anyway, so that's that might be something that we need to, to look into, but it may not. Well, I, I keep talking like fucking light of dawn. Um, we do not know what we need to do. Uh, it could be that it is... Uh, the witches in an adult dimension, or it could be. I doubt to see interracial uh, marriage. <laughs> I doubt not. that that is. Let's the bring problem. this kid back, and maybe maybe the farm peeps will have more information, and we can get to a fight. Interrupting your conversation, you hear high-pitched shrieks of fear from near the farmhouse. Ooh. Let's go. I pick up the tiefling kid, like, by his leg and just fly back towards the uh, the farmhouse. Okay. Uh, so as you're flying back, you can hear the shrieks continue. They are coming from the goat house. The goat house? Okay. Party Maybe the, the kids house. were ready. High-pitched shrieks of fear and panic greet you as you enter the barn. A couple dozen goats fill the barn, but most huddle in the corners, shying away from a single goat in the center. The hideously distended belly of that goat shows the nanny is pregnant, but she is quite large. Why was it written that way? You decide. Um, she's pregnant, but she is quite large. Um, even those of you who have dealt with animal births in the past have likely never seen anything like this. After that flavor text, you won't be surprised to, to know that the next line says... No check is needed to realize that this is something unusual. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, you are obviously floored. Uh, you have no idea what's going on, but it's very strange. And uh, Werner runs past you crying um, and runs to the suffering goat, but stops in Vendor, horror. Wait. He stops in horror before reaching. He sticks a hand behind... He, Eyes fixed on her, puts a hand behind him, motioning for you to stop. Um, and and he puts his head down and says, she, uh, she was fine just a little while ago. She was big, but not like this. And then he falls to his knees and looks back at you and says, Help, help her. Help Jovi. I cast Dispel Magic. Um, as you try to cast Dispel Magic, you see a vision. <laughs> okay. Um, it's some dark dimension that you're not familiar with. Um, with witches moving around in a circle. <gasps> chanting. Oh, sweet. And then one of them looks right into your eyes and cackles. And it's super scary. And then they start ranting about <laughs> it's scary for them. marriage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then... They, they look at Claire and they go, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then as <laughs> uh, as you snap back into this scene, you see that the firstborn goat falls out of the back of Jovi, and it is instantly clear what the problem was. The kid is much larger than a normal newborn goat, with bright red fur and two heads that stare at you 
with a mix of curiosity and scorn. One of the heads looks curious, but the other looks scornful. Okay. Got it. it immediately stands and wobbles away with a dismissive. <laughs> that is. Deep. I'm going to look at this thing with witch sight to see if it's a shape changer. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Before you can react, another red-furred kid emerges from Jovi. You know that it's not uncommon for goats to have twins. Then another kid slides out. Then another. Before you know it, five more kids lie on the ground near their mother for a total of six. Mm. A peculiar feat. Jovi collapses and starts convulsing. Werner cries in alarm and runs over to her, once more begging all of you to intercede. Uh, I cast uh, mass healing word to just like heal. It doesn't work. Heal things. <laughs> okay, well, the first thing you notice is Werner again stands up straight, shoulders back, chest out, um, and uh, he helps. Good thing he's got their shoulders back. Right. He, he helps Jovi to her feet, um, and uh, they both look great. Corbett's Give going me. to. Uh, just just out of general concern for Jovi, I figure having just pumped out six kids, she's probably, mm-hmm. you know, pretty... The The canal's probably an inch wide right now. I'm going to use Arcane <laughs> Eye and just get, get right up in there. Is there any, anything nasty going on? Okay, so as you... As your eye moves up inside of this goat, um, you have a vision. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of... Right, I'm going to stop doing this because I have no plan for this. The witch's thing is made up. I'm sorry. I have to confess that. You guys. No. The witch's thing isn't real. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I don't know how this ends because I haven't read past this page. Oh, okay. Um, we were going to plane shift to this witch and fuck him up. <laughs> 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 Just, like, kill some random witches and then come back and, like, yeah. oh. Uh, you guys need to come uh, back that down didn't to solve her. anything. There are no witches unless there's <laughs> an amazing, con- you know, coincidence, and there, and there are. Um, yeah, the witches actually take care of themselves because they were trying to um, <laughs> they were they were trying to fight Allah, and it turned out he was a lot, a lot stronger than they thought he was. Oh yeah, yeah. They were trying to fight Allah, wasn't? Or I thought that was it. maybe. You know what? They tried to curse the moon, and it rebounded. Yeah. Hmm. You're gonna have to dig deep to find these links, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll figure it well, out. Well. Okay, so the eye moves up to the goat, inside the goat, and you find in, you know, whatever cavity is up there, there's a stone with something carved on it, but you can't make out what it is. There's only one way you'll be getting that stone. With mage hand? (laughs) Uh, Covid, what do you see? Uh... Sorry, I was I was trying to find this uh, tweet. <laughs> what do I see? Oh, there was a stone oh inside God. it. Uh, I take out my sword and I uh, I say, "Don't worry, this will only take a second." Yeah. And <laughs> do I, some surgery. <laughs> I, Time I to do a C-section. <laughs> yeah, I, I do a C-section on this uh, on this goat and grab this stone. Okay, you grab the stone. The goat is I, dying. Uh, uh, I heal it. Okay, um, and you get a uh, uh, like a wee golf. Um, mm-hmm. kind of deal from uh, Werner, and, and then I remove curse from the uh, from the stone. Okay, uh, the stone has carved on it. The witches were a red herring. Oh. Yes, we know that now. <laughs> but if it wasn't witches, what could it be? Unless they planted but, that stone. 
it could be so i think this was the first uh this is the the thing that we needed to do here i think was get this stone and i, I then i smashed it on the ground okay it's a rock so it just lands on the ground right i use my 20 strength and and metal boots to crush it oh okay make a strength check here we go making checks 23 okay um you turn it into a fine powder it's a fine powder now we have done it i think jovi goes and starts licking it up no stop mm-hmm. <laughs> okay all right we did it uh Werner looks at you and says right i have to clean my room and he marches <laughs> off to the farmhouse all right good job Werner. now yes and this, he says when it is yours he says i'm so done with this cultural marxism <laughs> okay it's ruining our universities. <laughs> yes, I've been saying the same thing for years. Um, okay, so... Alright, so the hell-tinged one is lost. That was the boy, and then several are found. That's the goats, right? I, and maybe. Then, I don't Hor- know about Hor- the... really sad that there's no witches. He was getting pretty pumped about that. We can still check for witches tomorrow. Um... Imelik, hey what are your thoughts? Do you think that we have accomplished anything today? But what's the viral and the virulent one? I I don't know. And are they? <laughs> are say. I mean, it says they can be one in the same, but are they? It doesn't necessarily <laughs> say they are the one in the same. Also, are are there dandelions around here? No. Well, the the house looked like a dandelion. Remember? Oh, is that right? I don't. Yeah. I don't remember that? Okay. Okay. I, let's let's go back into the house and see if what's going on. I want my fucking potatoes. I want to get something out of today. What? Where's the uh, tiefling kid? Is he still with us? Uh, yeah, he's just been standing there the whole time. Eyes wide open. Alright, kid, what do you think? What's going on? Kid, dude, can you talk? I don't, he hasn't said a word. Um, he looks at you and shrugs. Corvid knocks him out <laughs> and makes him a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> New Can't tool in the toolbox, baby. No discipline. <laughs> uh, okay. He shrugs, but more friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you ask him anything? Uh, what do you think's going on? I don't know. Uh, all right, cool. Okay. Inside. Let's go. Let's <laughs> just, do I believe it? He, he, he says, "I like goat." I like turtles. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's just go back into the house and uh, see what is going on. Okay. We can we can tell what's a bee or whatever. That's the uh, the goat is had her kids so you can see that b has made some progress with uh dinner and it looks like a lot of the kids are eating and as you come in she says all right folks like i said grab some taters from the bin it looks like you're done with your chores so you peel them up and i'll cook them up you got that all right and she looks uh, she looks before you have a chance to answer she looks at your hands see i i see you didn't uh you don't have chicken there i said if you want to if you want chicken you're gonna have to catch it and dress it yourself all right shut up for like three seconds. Alright, I think I can do that. I'm fixing on being quiet any minute now. <laughs> uh, and we describe to her the strange things that have been occurring over the last 20 or so minutes. Oh, well, it's no wonder Jovi was uh, feeling kind of sick if she had goats with two heads inside of her that were twice as large as normal. <laughs> and six of them. Uh, well, six of them? I had oh. six kids. It's just another thing I got in common with Jovi, aside from being good looking, of course. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Are you reading that? No. <laughs> Just uh, Okay, that's that, that's really good. <laughs> uh, okay, listen. Uh, Claire just crosses her arms and shuts up. <laughs> Corbin is more angry than he has been in a very, very long time. <laughs> so no chicken then? 
<laughs> Have a good day. And Claire just leaves. <laughs> Come on. I, guys, I think I think we did it. I honestly they, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not interested in in trying to decipher all the the ravings of this mad woman. The scene yeah, at the farm it. looks much as you left it. That is until a scream erupts from the goat barn. Again, I trudge oh, back over to it. I don't even fly. <laughs> yeah. I walk. Werner sprints from the barn, uh, spine erect with excellent posture. However, uh. limping on an injured leg. I cast uh, Healing Word. He runs faster. Uh, two red-furred goats chase him, making tortured, tortured, raspy sounds you might expect to hear in the abyss. Lightning strikes from above. They both yeah. die. Spites them. Yeah, yeah, they die. And moments later, <laughs> the rest of the goats' red-furred brothers and sisters emerge. Behind the lot comes the two-headed goat that, since you left the barn, has grown to the size of of a horse. It newly sprouted horns. Uh, uh, hold on, I'm just gonna read this sentence as is. It Good. newly sprouted horns look like curved pitchforks. Uh, okay. Uh, I can <laughs> deal with this immediately unless one of you wants to take it down. Uh, you know, go for it. I banish it. Okay, it disappears. <laughs> Vanel, are you okay? He He's says, about to not be if he doesn't <laughs> fucking give us something. <laughs> I'm all right, but I'm worried about the university students of today. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what happened in there after we left? He says, hypergamy. What? I mean, cultural Marxism? He shrugs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I think, guys, I, I think we are really done at this point. I think we can just leave. Clary just gets back on her horse that she had uh, tied up at the, the porch of the, the house. <laughs> Uh, uh, B comes outside, this time with three kids, um, and she says, Oh, thank you very much for taking care of that demon goat. I'd like to offer you various homemade goods, 15 total items, ranging from beautiful quilts, a couple of kegs, a homemade cider, an heirloom necklace, basket full of fresh raspberries, other fruits and vegetables. whole lot can be sold for at least 150 gold, but each item's worth 10 if you wish to keep some for yourselves. But like I said, if you want chicken, you're going to have to catch it and dress it yourself, you know what I'm saying? You can keep it, we'll take the Sidel, and then uh, we let's just go. Oh, dude, Cider Fiend, Corvid, mm. at least we got something out of this. Mm. Yeah, you, you've had a hankering ever since, you know. Um, you know we okay. never did get to get the special brew. You never did. All right, so you take your two mini kegs of cider and walk off into the forest at the end. Good oh, my God. God. That's, <laughs> that's solid. So, yeah, wait, what, so... Yeah. What were you actually... I guess the combat with the dogs was supposed to have some actual meat to it, but... Well, and the goats, but it still doesn't mean it makes any sense. Can we... Can, like, a dragon come out and we <laughs> fight the dragon or something? I don't see why not. We can do better than a dragon. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cast Temple of the Gods and it's gonna fall on the dragon and just kill it. Perfect. Pur purple worm. Oh, no, not a purple worm. I fought a purple worm. Purple nurple. Oh no! <laughs> uh, I think I think that's that's it for now. Um, Fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If we if we did it, I'm I'm happy to do some combat, but we're not going to do a theater of the mind. We'll go and roll twenty and set up a dungeon. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't actually care that much. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm still the goal of this one. I'm just assuming that we we have completed it but i don't know you you oh, yeah. have and it's, it's not clear to me what the point was supposed to be but we've we did everything great nice and efficiently too i will say hmm. 
So what was up with the the virile and the virulent thing? I guess it was pregnant goats. Yeah, because I guess it's virile <laughs> in the sense that it's having children, but sure. virulent in the sense that it is spreading some sort of uh, malice. Yeah, that sucked. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just think this is really ableist. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I can't wait to do the other four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll probably uh, we'll probably just not do those, and we'll pick a different one. I mean, Beneath the Hills was pretty good. Beneath the Hills um, was fantastic. Okay, we can continue Beneath the Hills then. Yeah. I'm down with, with that. Our, uh, yeah, with we'll our jump boys. Over to, jump uh, over to the, the other guys. The Great Bump Zumpo, mm. Rough Stuffins, and uh, Nerf, I'm assuming you're going to want to create your own character because the monk that you played last time might not be to your liking. Oh, that is yeah, just speaking I, rhyme. I'm going to create a new character. What, uh, what level are we at? I think we're still seconds at the moment. Mm. We're second level, 800 out of 900 XP, if you want to just kind of... Yeah, Bring yourself up to parody with us, and we got a shit ton of things coming out of the uh, um, out of the last one. I have to listen to it again, but we got like some downtime days and uh, like a, a bunch of gold and like a bunch of random shit that we need to make use of between now and the next. Uh, the Great Bump Zumbo has a pet miniature bear. Yeah, yeah, it totally survived. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> okay, so it, so it's the Great Bump Zumbo. What's the other name? Rough Stuffins. Rough Stuffins. I'm gonna be. Um, Sebastian, it's a good last name. Sebastian uh, Flounder. Uh, that's pretty good. <clears throat> I'm trying so to find we, beneath the hills. You got a bard and a cleric, so um, anything that's like physical, I I would say fighter, ranger, barbarian, any of those would be good. If you want to, I mean, it doesn't really matter, but if that's what you're thinking, uh, yeah, or okay, a monk or a paladin. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do r- ranger or rogue. Oh no, rogue sounds fun. Yeah, let's do Rogue. I'm gonna do... Okay, I'm gonna change it. No, Sebastian Flounder is still good. Um, He's gonna be a Halfling Rogue. Nice. Uh-huh. Okay, let's wrap this up. Okay. Uh, join us next time to either continue our campaign or play the next... Uh, I can't fucking find Beneath the Hills. I don't remember where this is. <laughs> um, I, I will find it, and we'll do that. Are we not we'll just doing this as the same session? We're gonna make this two separate things? Oh, you wanted to keep playing tonight? Oh, I, I thought that's what we were saying, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm, no, no, no. I'm down to oh. do that. That is not how I interpreted it. Right? Oh, okay. But is it what you're willing to do? No, if you guys want to play, I can play. I'm gonna go with. Let's do it. Go take your breaks. Let me find this, and then we can do the second one of Beneath the Hills. Okay. Voice. Okay. So, can anyone recap what happened uh, last time we played? Yeah, so last time we played, uh, Rough Stuffins and the Great Bump Zumpo were traveling along the road to meet somebody uh, for some reason. That person was dead, but we found uh, in their cold, dead hands like a notebook or a journal or something that had some entries leading to some treasures or something. We went to the first one and uh, found a cave, fought some goblins inside it, and we were joined by a character that doesn't matter because... Nerf is, excuse me, Nerf is not going to be playing as that character, but we were joined by Nerf's character, um, and got a, uh, a friend named Gobbert, who led us through the rest of the very small cave, um, we fought a, a giant that had been turned into, like, a normal-sized person, um, and killed a bear that had been turned into, like, a cat-sized thing, uh, and got the treasure, and then left, and that was it. Okay. Uh, pretty good. 
just missing a lot of crucial details. So that's why I'm going to reread all the flavor text to you. Uh, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. Um, okay, let's see. The adventure begins with the adventurers traveling to the hamlet of Parnast to meet Verata Stur, a famed treasure hunter. Verata seeks adventurers to accompany her on expeditions, and she has learned... Uh, let's see. Oh, no. You're not supposed to know this. Here's the flavor text. One of the most famous treasure hunters in the realms, Verata Stur, has put out a call for assistance in tracking down caches of treasure hidden by the now-defunct Cult of the Dragon in the Grey Peak Mountains. Through luck, skill, and the intervention of... Insert the player's faction here. You have been chosen to assist her. You were told to meet her in a clearing along the Black Road, east of the village of Parnas. Your trip along the Black Road showed signs of goblin presence. You know, dung droppings and things like that. Um, that doesn't, that's repetitive. It's just droppings. But has otherwise been uneventful. I like dung droppings. We'll say that from now on. Um, other travelers (laughs) (laughs) have claimed to have, yeah, I guess you noticed it when you were moving dirt, you were pulling it up and it's just full of little pellets of poop Mm -hmm. of, of dung duties. Um, other travelers you met claims to have seen evidence of giant activity, rune-covered boulders, huge footprints, and missing livestock. You saw none of that evidence, however. Maybe it was just the overactive imagination of scared farmers and merchants. That's when probably you reached, it. That's probably it, yeah. Uh, when you reach the rendezvous point, Verata store is nowhere to be found. Countless footprints of various sizes and lots of bloodstains mar the ground. A search of the area ultimately turns up the body of your would-be employer, Verata Stur, several hours dead from a variety of wounds. What is left of her equipment is scattered around the clearing. A large tome holding her notes is open on the ground near her body. The last several pages have been torn out. <laughs> um, this is so strange. I feel like we are living through the same thing. When you search the body, I'm... Well, I'm, I'm this is last time. This is previously yeah, this on is Beneath the Hills. Oh, got it. Um, previously on Beneath the Hills. Previous. Uh, so this is... You search her body and you find scrolls that somehow you deduce are duplicates of the missing pages of her notes. Um, and the first note you read was... It's labeled, The First Cache. The first treasure cache was hidden by the Cult of the Dragon in an abandoned cave at the base of the southernmost mountain in the Grey Peak Range. While it is thought to be the smallest of the caches, it is also not thought to be protected by any traps or magic. The caves and tunnels of the complex, according to my sources, are not very structurally sound. Goblins are known to inhabit the area. So when you checked that out, um, well, you've already recapped this, but you will remember that at the end, when you opened the chest, it was empty, except for a crumpled note. Except the, mod- the module says crumbled. A crumbled note. <laughs> Crumple, crumpled note. It reads in common, Stupid runt giants of the hills. You are too slow and dim-witted to challenge us. The treasure is ours. You are probably feeling small now, aren't you? If you think you are going to prevail, you are mistaken. By the way, prevail means win. Idiots. Signed, Clan True Nimbus of the Clouds. Yeah, and I remember commenting that our second level characters probably do not want to be tangling with cloud giants. <laughs> that and sounds yet, like a bad time. 
That is exactly what you intend to do because you. But now uh, we're almost third level. So. That's true. Right. Uh, you you uh, you read the second note from the scroll, and it says, "The second cache." My sources confirmed that one cache was buried beneath a unique structure, a pyramid of stone, resting on a flat field of stone in the middle section of the Grey Peaks, directly between the two highest mountains of that section of the range. The area was once rent with volcanic activity, making the flat stone field difficult to navigate. That seems confusing. Uh, yeah, what? But, uh, but we'll just assume that this flat stone expanse is difficult to navigate for some. My sources could not tell me who or what built the Boulder Pyramid. Hey, DM, is there any chance that we could use the gold and downtime days that we got as a reward from the last uh, session to go into town and use our skills to gain the last hundred experience we need to level up? <laughs> um, mm. Yeah, so no. Excellent. What, what can we use the downtime days that we got for? Well, I'm glad you asked because it's a great question. Downtime is really important and I encourage you to use it. Okay, I'd like to use it. Excellent. Would anyone else like to use their downtime? I'm going to save it up so I can do even more. Um, <laughs> here are your options. Catching up. Crafting. Practicing a profession. Recuperating. Spellcasting services. Training. What does training do? What does training do? I'm looking that up. Let me check my notes. Oh, jeez. First, you must find an instructor willing to teach you. The GM determines how long it takes and whether one or more ability checks are required. The training lasts for 250 days and costs one gold piece per day. <laughs> After you spend the requisite amount of time and money, you learn a new language or gain proficiency with a new tool. Your GM might allow additional training options. Yeah, that sounds That's about right. Awesome. <clears throat> Never mind. I'm going to do spellcasting services. Oh, okay. <laughs> Spellcasting services. Any settlement the size of a town or larger can provide some spellcasting services. Characters need to be able to travel to the settlement to obtain these services. You are able to do that. No, um, I want to do the spellcasting services. I'm a healer. Oh, you want to make money? Yeah. Um, that would be practicing a profession? Sure. Okay. You want to practice a profession? Yeah, I'm going to do that. Okay. Let me check my notes. <laughs> Very nice. Naturally, they're going to make this as difficult to figure out as possible. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. No, this is awesome. Uh, between adventures, so downtime activities, carousing is one of them. You just roll a D100 and some things happen. <laughs> yeah, you That know. sounds great. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, okay, practicing a profession. You can work between adventures, allowing you to maintain a modest lifestyle without having to pay one gold per day. This benefit lasts as long as you continue to practice your profession. So, this will, if you want to use your downtime, practicing a profession will prevent you from spending one gold a day. You'll just break even. Oh. Okay, I guess I'll do that then. All right. This is lame. Uh, so, instead of subtracting five gold, uh, you can leave that alone. Okay, awesome. <laughs> well, I'm glad I just wasted all of our time, guys. Bums up. Uh, you can like carouse. What, what would you like to do? I'll, I'll carouse. I'll carouse. Okay, yeah, let, uh, me, let me take a look. So, this is... What it says, I just roll it D100 and add my level. D&D &D carousing. Oh, hold on. I found something on Reddit called the Bigger, Badder, Longer, Uncut D100 carousing table. But this is Adventures League. Uh, you're right. You're right. But actually, that sounds awesome. Can we just use it? <laughs> I suppose. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Roll your D100. 55. Your level is 2. 55. 
No, well, I, I added the two, so it's 55 right. is the result. You wake up in a temple, in the confessional, naked. Services are beginning. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's it. That's what it says. Uh, I'm a life cleric. I'm probably the one who's supposed to be leading this service. Oh, my God. What do you do? Okay. I look around. Are my clothes near me? No. Um, is there any fabric at all in this place? It's just the curtain that separates confessional the confessional booth from the outside. How, uh, how much curtain is there? Um, let's say it's a, uh, five foot by three foot rectangle. Okay, that's enough. I'm going to, uh, wear it like toga style. I'm going to rip it off the, uh, uh, as quietly as I can to, to try not to attract attention. It's very loud. Okay, well, whatever. And I just, I put it on and I walk up to the lectern. Oh. Um, and I begin, uh, regaling the, uh, the congregation with tales of my, um, my days-long meditative trance, uh, and, uh, and, you know, the, the results of it and how my renewed faith has given me greater healing powers. Okay. Uh, performance check. All right. Uh, I got a one. Okay. Yeah, you bomb. They're not going for it at all. Uh, people are upset. <laughs> um, you run out of the church. Okay. You have no idea Hopefully. what happened to your clothes. Can I investigate and try and find them? You want to investigate? Yeah. Um, roll investigation. 15. Uh, you find out that you, your clothes are on you the whole time. Oh my god, I wow. look down and yeah. <laughs> I take off the curtain that I've draped over my, my armor and Warhammer. I go, oh, it's all still there. It's all there. What's yeah. wrong with me? It's I like, turn around, the, the church isn't real. Right. I, like, what just happened? Yep, and you're standing right there in the Grey Peak Mountains. Oh my god. What a weird dream. Bubzumbo, where are you? He's uh just sitting, minding his bagpipes, and he tells you that he spent his downtime while you were out uh, carousing. Uh, pit fighting. <laughs> Which is another option. That is so dangerous. Uh, how does it go? I don't know. Let's find out. How does that work? Where are you reading this? It's pretty complicated as it happens. Uh, Good. Good. <laughs> all right. Uh, you can only do it once per year in a settlement. I guess it. I guess people don't really like it when you do it. But so the way it works, apparently, you have to make three checks. And the amount of money you, you make is dependent on how many successes you get. Okay. But then there's a bunch of modifiers that get slapped onto it based on your lifestyle, which I think Bumsumpo is probably wretched lifestyle. You know? <laughs> right. Well, so he gets a minus three to all of his checks. And uh, I almost also... spit my drink out when you said wretched. <laughs> <laughs> That's It's in the book, man. Wretched is a, uh, it costs zero gold per week. <laughs> what, what book is this? Is this just the player's handbook? Yeah. Wretched yeah. lifestyle is uh, zero gold per week, but it's oh not good. Oh, my God. Um, and then there's also a modifier for what the settlement size is. Uh, which, what's the nearest, what's the name of the nearest city again? Yeah. Fired. Yeah? Okay. Hillsfar. Yep. Hills, Hills Hillsfar. Hillsfar. Hill, Hillsfar is really, it's all around you. Would you define Hillsfar as a... I don't even know what a Thorpe is, but apparently that's smaller than a Hamlet. And then yeah. a Hamlet, village, town, city, metropolis, city. or capital. City? Yep. Small or large? Small. Okay, so that's a plus two. So on net, I'm a minus one between my wretched lifestyle and a small city. So, okay. 
the three checks that I have to make. By the way, I know, listeners, that the Great Peaks are not near Hills Far. Just get over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's three checks. There's a, a strength athletics check, a dexterity acrobatics check, and then a constitution check. But I can swap one of those out with a okay. with a weapon check. Is this a traveler mechanic or No, this is from 5e apparently. No, it's, I'm it's, just looking at it on, on the it's blog. It's a complexity joke. Don't worry. Oh. <laughs> I, I assume they pulled this from the player's handbook. I'm just looking at a website right now. Um, and then the DC for the roll is uh, oh geez, it's it's 2d10 plus five. That's pretty high. Uh, okay, hold on. Um, so for reference, this is from Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. 2d10 plus five. Oh, that's not. Oh, that's a lucky roll. Okay. Um. I, the DC is 11 for these checks. Okay. All right, so I need to make a strength athletics check. And just so you're aware, you're fighting an Argonian. Okay. <laughs> you Argonian scum? <laughs> All right, here's my strength athletics check. Nice. All right, pass. We'll, we'll talk about how exactly this goes uh, roleplay-wise later. But, yeah, uh, yeah, all right. De- dexterity acrobatics. Wait. I'm actually pretty good at acrobatics. I hate these dice. No, they're great. I thought there was a three. It, well, there's a three in it. It's a 13. And then I have to make a... Fuck. Um, constitution check. I, I guess that would be... I don't even know. Saving throw? We'll just do constitution saving throw. Hell yeah. Um, so even knocking one off of all of these, I get uh, I get three successes. So Bump Zumpo... Uh, wants to test his skills because he's he's feeling like hot shit after being a hero during Beneath the Hills, which we all remember he was kind of a key player in that combat. Really, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, definitely didn't die like that. <laughs> yeah, he he was unstoppable, and he's riding that high. So he goes to the arena and says, "I'm, I'm going to make some I'm going to make some money," and gets in a gets in a fight with I guess an Argonian, <laughs> a little little uh, immigrant from a different dimension. And it is the most epic combat that any of these people have ever seen. He's, uh, he's like slapping this guy around. He's beating him over the head with his war gong, uh, fisting him with his bagpipes. It's like, it's a pretty epic showdown. And he's so successful. He got three successes. I get, <laughs> I get 200 gold and the crowd loves him. Oh my God. Are you for real? Yeah, 200 gold. Yeah, the, it's, uh... Three successes is 200 gold. Two successes is 100 gold. One success is 50 gold. You gotta understand, though, it's a big risk because if you die in adventurously... You die in real life. You die in real life. Yeah. I'm sure I misunderstood some aspect of that, but... Uh, no, no, I think you got it perfectly. All right. 200 gold, baby. That's that's a lot of gold. Okay. So, um, and you're, the crowd is roaring and you're bowing and doing all kinds of cool gladiator stuff when you wake up. Oh. In the Great Peak Mountains and you're like, oh, maybe it was just a dream. But then you realize it wasn't a dream. Mm-hmm. It was a memory. That's, that's And you look, you, you look down at your waist and see that there's a huge pouch full of gold. Bum Zumbo says, if it was a dream, if it wasn't real, how'd, how'd I get a jersey with the name O'Neal? Sick reference. Yeah. Shout out to okay. uh, whatever the fuck that song is called. That's uh, Aaron Carter. 
Yeah, yeah it's Aaron it? Carter. I forget the name of the song though. Um. Well, we can, we can celebrate Aaron Carter's whole catalog later. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently yeah. it's called "That's How I Beat Shaq." We'll post that video. That's pretty. Yeah, funny. that's yeah. We'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, Nerf, please describe your downtime now. Oh, sorry, I was uh, talking on mute. So uh, Sebastian Flounder, the halfling rogue, is going to spend his downtime uh, doing some crime. Um, so it's going to take a week, and he's going to try to rob a uh, a local prosperous merchant. Um, this is, <laughs> okay, this is three checks, uh, DC fifteen on each of them. It's a uh, a stealth check, a thieves tools check, and then um, either intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. All right, uh, investigation, perception, or deception. Okay, so first off is the stealth check. Okay, twelve. So that's a failure. <laughs> Not off to a good start. All right. Uh... <clears throat> So I made some noise. Let's see if I can do the thieves tool check. Okay, that's a success. Um, <clears throat> so I I get in, um, but they hear me. What so I think I'm gonna go with uh, deception to see if I can talk my way out of this. And that's a 16. That passes. You are free um, to go, sir. So two out of the three checks means I get half the payout. So I get uh, 50 gold off of this merchant. What does he sell? <clears throat> um, so Sebastian Founder, he's actually a, he's a smuggler is his background. So I'm um, I'm thinking like um, this is like robbing the purse of like the the guy who runs like the fishers market. Mm, okay, so you stole a bunch of fish. Yeah, there. Yeah, like but like 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 sushi kind of fish. Like this raw. is the the good stuff. Yeah. Oh, all right. Like raw fish, just anything, any raw fish. No, I mean like you know, and literally I, I any know. uncooked fish. This is like. Mediterranean bass or something like that. Okay. Well, I know what all of you have been waiting for, and your question is, what did Gobbert do with his downtime? Finally, the true hero. <laughs> right. <laughs> so he's still with us? The goblin with the heart of gold. Of course he's still with you. Good. Um, well, Gobbert, Gobbert's never been to a city before, and what did he do? He did what any what any goblin in his in his position would do. He... Went to the whorehouse. He fell in love. Oh. But he got his heart broken. And he doesn't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. And even though even though it hurts like hell, he wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. How, <laughs> how wonderful. <laughs> and that's Goverage downtime. All right. Uh, so, in the distance, at the base of two of the massive Grey Peak Mountains in the Central Range, you see a large pyramid comprised totally of boulders. The structure is at least 60 feet high, and from this distance, it looks as though there might be an opening at the top. Between you and the base of the boulder pyramid is a solid stone field. The field is flat and smooth, with a slight upward incline, but in places, the stone is rent with deep gouges, so deep that it is impossible to tell how deep the gouges go. I don't know what that means. Even the widest gouge, you can't tell. (laughs) Even the widest gouge is less than three feet wide and easy to cross if care is used. Mm. As you, the four of you, look out across this field, Gobbert, um, he has his his hand like over his eyes, shielding them from the sun, scanning the horizon, and he says, 
I think that pyramid has an opening at the top. Good eyes, Gabert. Fonsabo nods and approaches confidently. He says, Mm, my friends, uh, nothing can stop us now. <laughs> you are a newfound confidence from the arena. It's, uh... <laughs> it will never backfire. <laughs> Good. Is it, uh, how, how traversable is this pyramid? <laughs> like, how easy is it gonna be to get? It's made of boulders? Yeah, and they're all pretty round. Hmm. So, it looks like it's gonna be tough to climb up to the top. Doable, but it'll take a while, and it's going to be dangerous. Do you think that... <laughs> Let's alchem- do it. Would alchemist's fire help in this situation, do you think? Yeah, we melt, like, a slick side into this? Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Uh, Nerf, could you lay down a cool rock uh, field strewn with fissures and perhaps with a boulder pyramid in the middle? Could you lay down a map like that? Mm, I've been looking for one. That's a, yeah. that's a little specific. Um, How about you say rock map? How about something with a grid? How about... Okay, okay, actually one of these looks like... Okay, I mean, this is... This is close. I'm excited. I don't know that this is better than having it in Roll20 where you just doodle a map for us. <laughs> yeah, those are typically pretty good. Oh. How many Zephyrs would you say are uh, on this field? You can tell by the Zephyrs that this field has been here for a long time. Hmm. Okay, yeah, we can deal with this. I'll just... I... Can you ping where you want us to drop? Yeah. Uh, Here. I don't have a token for this, so it's going to be Eisen. Okay, that's fine. Navigating this mountain is, like, impossible because the way the grid is laid out and where the walls are, like, <laughs> yeah, very frequently bad. run into walls that you can't get through. <laughs> uh, no, it's fine. The attempted token movement collides with at least one wall. <laughs> yeah, this is like, you can't move through it. <laughs> well, that's the whole module, and we're going to play it out, you know, turn by turn. Okay. Yeah, you're going to have to do all of the token movement because I can't move tokens. Yeah. All right. Um, so you guys, I assume, are just going to climb up to the top, right? That's the plan. That's the plan. Easily, with no difficulties whatsoever. Okay. So oh, sh- you can you can move down. You can't move up. Yeah. Sorry, uh, can, you move, can you move me back up? Okay, so as you scale <laughs> Bumps all the way to the, the top... top says, There's no entrance here, you fucker. Gobbert, um mops his brow and says alright now for that pyramid and he begins to advance across the um, the gouged landscape and he only makes it a few feet before a giant badger leaps out of one of the gouges and attempts to pull him down no! hey can you delete one of my tokens I have two of them <laughs> Uh, yeah. I did it. Oh, <laughs> no, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone. I'm sorry, you're dead now. There we go. I need a goblin okay. token. Uh, they're, okay, I'm gonna put him right next to the badger. Nice. Okay. Um, hold on. We gotta start some combat here. Are we, are we fighting the badger? Do you want to? Well, we can't just let Gobbert die. He's the heart and soul of this squad. Uh, so Gobbert does not, um, he doesn't pan. A lesser man would. Um, he uh, spins his sword and grabs the middle and manages to span this uh, crevice with the sword and holds onto it as the, the badger viciously pulls at him, trying to yank him down. You don't know how it did. You can't tell. 
there's no way to know. Um, and uh, go ahead and roll initiative. Hang on, I rolled perception so I could uh, figure out what was going on there. A badger got gobbered. Yeah. Good. Good rough stuff, and so I'm just going to roll for you. It's just taking forever to get in here. My perception roll from five minutes ago yeah. just appeared in there. Okay, Sebastian is up first. Sebastian, what do you do? Um, Sebastian, how big is Rough Stuffins? Uh, let me check. He, oh, I didn't write it. So he's, uh, five foot flat, uh, and weighs 230 pounds. Okay, but you'd say he's a, he's a medium-sized creature, right? I definitely, yeah. Okay, so, uh, Sebastian is going to, um, hide behind Rough Stuffins, uh, take the bonus action, uh, hide, action um so i'll make a i think i'll make a stealth check for hide stealth against their perception i think against mm-hmm. their perception yep good luck uh so that's a 13 a 13 to hide against whatever the badger's perception is and then i'll uh shoot with my short bow at the giant badger okay um and that is a 15 to hit 15 will hit okay um, was my hide successful? It was. Yeah. Okay, so I'll also get sneak attack damage, which is an additional 1d6 for a whopping 10 piercing damage as I surprise this badger at popping around the side of rough stuffings. Uh, and I say, Oi, that'll show ya. Uh, and that ends my turn. All you need for sneak attack is uh, if... If the enemy has another enemy within five feet of it, um, and you don't have disadvantage, that's that's enough for sneak attack. So the fact that he's got Gobbert would be enough. Oh, okay, you're right. That part was hidden. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> well, still, it was cool. Oh, it was definitely cool. Okay. Uh, so this... I'm having trouble selecting this guy. The badger, uh, as you hit it, um, cries out. It gives a fearsome roar and falls down into the crevice and you never even hear it hit the bottom yeah I was going to say an unidentifiable distance right <laughs> um, but you notice as it looks at you staring deep into your eyes as it plunges into that abyss it's wearing a leather collar oh no <laughs> we just killed somebody's like Whoa. the only thing that didn't, they loved didn't we Didn't we fight uh, some gnomes who rode on badgers earlier Boy, that must have been uh, before I showed up. Were they riding? I don't remember what they rode. That was during the uh, Shacks of Blood. Yeah, during the arena fight. Um, Eisen, or sorry, not Eisen. Eisen is up. Bomb Zumpo, who is using Eisen's token. Bomb Zumpo is up. He'll walk over to the the crevice and reach out a hand to Gobbert and say, Don't die on us now, you son of a bitch. Well, as you do that, Bump Zumpo is set up on from an adjacent crevice <laughs> by another <No>. badger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just uh, throw him down here. right there. Okay. Do I get do I get to react to this or am I caught off guard? Um. Yeah, I'll give you a reaction. Okay. Let's see what reactions I even have. Oh. Okay, I can cast Featherfall as a reaction. So since I'm distracted, I'm going to cast Featherfall. On Gobbert. That way, if he does fall, he'll be okay. All right. Hey, could I get a giant badger token right here? Well, it just happens that uh, it's Gobbert's turn, and he sees this thing come at you and lashes out. Mm. 
I need to look up a... Get me a good goblin attack here. He swipes at the badger, slices its head clean off, and it sinks into the deep. Oh, my. Oh, my. Gobble to my hero. Oh, (laughs) there's more of them. (laughs) (laughs) And as its blood spills out onto the stone, three more giant badgers appear across the field and begin advancing on your position. Rough Stuffins is up. Rough Stuffins runs out to meet one. This one, the one that's closest to him. He sprints over to this badger and smashes it over the head with his warhammer. Or he attempts to anyway. He gets a nine to hit. Uh, that will miss. He smashes the ground next to it. That will hit. And growls. <laughs> Goes, <laughs> uh, and that's it. All right. Uh, and he can see that this badger also is wearing a leather collar. They all are. Got it. Curious. Sebastian is up. Sebastian is going to carefully uh, follow the, I guess, the edge of a crevice here, make his way up over here, and then uh, he's going to go, Oi, preacher, here's one for you, and uh, shoot the badger next to um, Rough Stuffins. Nice. Do standard roll. 13 to hit. That will hit. Uh, okay, and because sneak attack, because um, Rough Stuffins is next to him, for 10 piercing damage. All right. Uh, yeah, so that will that will wound the badger, but it doesn't go down. <gasps> and I'll Uh-oh. use the rest of my movement to get uh, kind of over behind Rough Stuffins and end my turn. Bump Zumpo approaches the nearest badger, not the same one that is being attacked by the other two, mm. and takes out his rapier. Okay, now, as you do that, you have to cross over a gouge, so I need you to make an acrobatics check. Oh, no. Acrobatics, you say? Yes. Here it comes. Uh, <laughs> that's a seven. Uh, you <laughs> slip, but you catch yourself. Okay. And you, you continue with the advance. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I take out my rapier, and I say, <laughs> I never miss. And then I flash back to the previous combat where I, I don't think I hit a single thing ever. Uh, but I'll give it my best shot, and I will... St- Bumps up doesn't really know what he's doing. He uses his rapier as more of like a, a slashing weapon. Mm. But he does get an 18 to hit. Uh, that will hit. For six damage. Okay. Haha, <laughs> you fiend. The badger snarls at you and snaps its giant jaws. Mm, that's fine. I'm not scared of anything. Not when I've got my friends with me. Oh, oh, he's up now. Bubs <laughs> <laughs> up is a little bit scared. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah, he's gonna kill you. It maybe. Let's find out. That's a lot of dice. Let's. See. Okay, so he bites. Um, seven hit. Seven will miss. Uh, okay. So he he. Attempts to bite you, um, but he, he snaps his jaw shut just shy of your face. You manage to lean back and, and get out of there. Then yeah. he goes to swipe you with his claws, but he swipes low and you jump over the claw. Mm, that's a risky move with all these uh, <laughs> yeah. these crevices around. But you pull it off. Okay. Looking, looking good. Uh, next, this badger that's just south of the pyramid begins making its way up and goes to attack rough stuffings. Same My deal. My faith will protect me. A bite and a swipe. Uh, bite for seven to hit. 
Miss. Claws for 19 to hit. Hit. Five slashing damage. Uh, no. Yeah, so he, uh... I'll be okay. He bites, but you manage to stick your weapon in his in between his teeth so he can't clamp down on you, but he swipes at you, and then you've got no place to go, and you just have to eat that hit. It's okay, I'm a tank. Next, the badger that you are already fighting does the same, uh, and he misses both times. Aha! <laughs> I love how that one badger I just started spinning. That was great. Uh, Gobbert is up. Having regained his bearings, he picks up his sword and begins making his way across the crevice, or the crevasse, or the crevasse, or whatever it's called. And he goes to join Aizen, fighting this one badger. I need to find a way to just change, because I have also I also keep calling him Aizen. <laughs> How do I change mm. it so it says bum zumbo? Mm. Uh, and he slashes down on this badger, and again, severs its head uh, right off of its neck. And it falls deep into the abyss. Or perhaps shallow. We don't know. Gobbert, I, I think it's something to do with his lost love. He's really become very aggressive. Mm. He's got nothing left to All lose. Right. Rough stuff into sense. So I, I want to rip my Warhammer out of the, the jaw of the one that hit me and go to attack the one that is uh, that I tried to hit before. Okay. All right, that's hit. 24 to hit. Uh, that'll hit. Um... Okay, and for some reason it sent two rolls. Uh, I don't know why. It's a one-handed and, so it's, it, and two-handed damage. Okay, it's one-handed. It's one-handed because I have my amulet in the other hand, so it's ten damage. Okay. Um, its brains fly out through its mouth. Yeah, so he's dead. Ha <laughs> And then I'm going to use uh, bonus action healing word to heal myself. Nice. Four, eight, bringing me back to full health. Excellent. Okay. Sebastian Flounder is up. <clears throat> uh, Sebastian is going to call out the rough stuff and coming up behind you and uh <clears throat> he's going to attempt to run up the back of rough stephens jump off his shoulders do a front flip and land on the other side of this giant badger nice. make an acrobatics check so let me do it um acrobatics check when he jumps i do a little like shoulder shrug to give him a little extra height <laughs> okay was, that's an eight it was too much that really <laughs> throws him he off goes right to the crevice yeah <laughs> um yeah, and I, I land on the badger. Okay. So I'm going to be like, ah! And then I get something over here. Okay. Um, and just blindly make a, take a swipe with my uh, repair. Is this a normal attack or is this disadvantage? Uh, no, we'll, we'll say it's not. But it doesn't look cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm just like, ah! And I, it's a 13. Uh, 13 hits. Okay. Do I still oh, wait, I mean... Attack? Hold on. Uh, uh, hit uh, that equals AC. Is that a hit? Yes. Yes. AC. Yes, that hits. That's yep. a hit. Okay. All right. And then sneak attack because I got rough stuffings there. Hmm. Um, and also the badger's just surprised because I landed on it. Yeah, um, he does. It wasn't expecting that. Um, yeah, 17 to hit. All right. Okay. So surveying the scene, there are no badgers left. Mm. It's just the four of you. When this Rough Stubbins is, is, is panting. The camera is, is panning around him in a circle as he takes in mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, any other threats. Gobbert uh, has not broken a sweat. Um, and... Gobbert, are you okay? He says, physically, yes. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so where's this entrance? Let's, uh, let's get inside this pyramid and get the... Probably just another letter from the cloud giants, I guess. All right. 
Uh, and Gobbert motions to the pyramid and says, I will guard the bottom in case there are more badgers. Okay. Thanks, Gobbert. We knew we we know we can always rely on you. He says, I'm glad someone has chosen to. <laughs> I clap him on the back and say, <laughs> Alright, let's go. And and mount slash surmount the pyramid. Okay. Give me an athletics check. Everybody climb and give me an athletics check. That'll be all of us. Let's see how it goes. Eighteen, baby. Thirteen. Okay. Uh that's a four. <laughs> Okay, so the 18. Um, right, so Bump Zumpo, you are just killing it. You're, you know, you're full of adrenaline. You're strong from your time in the fighting pits. And you climb faster than anyone else. But as you struggle for handholds and footholds upon the strange pyramid, a deep, rumbling voice right next to your ear says, Hey, watch it there. That's a little personal, don't you think? And what looked like a crack in the rock widens into a great eye, staring mm-hmm. at you beneath a furrowed, stony brow. Give me a charisma mm-hmm. saving throw. Oh, okay. Mm. Is this, uh, is he trying to charm me? No. Okay. Then. So yeah, you, seven. Yeah, you you lose your hold on the rock and fall backwards. But a stone, Can I use my reaction to try to catch him? Uh, before you can, a stone hand grabs him. Um, and you are held by this. Ooh, oh, cutie. How big is this thing? Uh, it's like 50 feet tall. Okay, it, it's like this stone troll-looking thing. It looks right. squat. Yeah, uh, it, so so it looks... It, it's a troll-looking thing, but it looks like it's made out of a pile of rocks. And you realize that this pyramid was actually a huddle of several of these things. Um, and uh, it slowly, gently sets you down. And oh, Gobbert, who is standing at the base with his sword drawn, sees this gesture of peace and sheaths his sword. Mm. The stone monster looks at you and says, I'm called Gurk. Gurk. And these are my brothers, Hooft and Pert. <laughs> oh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh... I, yeah, this is this is a surprise. We didn't realize that. Uh, well, I thought this was just a pile of rocks. Is no. there treasure buried beneath you? Yes. Hmm. Oh, can we have it? Oh, never mind. I was wrong. There is a pyramid. They were just on top of it. Obscure. Oh. Uh, or something. We'd like access to the pyramid, please, if you don't mind. I see. Yeah, we're here for the treasure. Ah, uh, the treasure. Yes. It's to help save right, our I guess we'll just be on our way mother. into that pyramid, then. <laughs> we are the Galeb Dur. We were placed here one year ago. <laughs> oh, truly ancient, I see. Yes. The Galeb Dur. Some humans, with the help of a dragon, built this pyramid and placed several wooden chests inside. Mm, perfect, that's what we're looking for. Um, More recently, several giants have been in the area. 
fighting with each other, seeking treasure. The Galogder have been rolling around this area for months, and they have never seen the giants behaving in this way or in such large numbers. Cool. They so. were happy to be selected <laughs> to build such a great structure. Our parents and aunts and uncles spent decades as part of a wall down in Dragonspear Castle. Cool. One of the other ones says, you think this is pert? Um, says, I have been having trouble with my legs. And you can, uh, he says, take a look. And he extends a hand and scoots you closer to his leg. And you can see these, these like little, they look like pock marks, but then you see their holes that actually go pretty deep. Okay. Um, and, and he is, he or she can't really move. It's like integral to the pyramid. Huh. Um, these stone boring beetles tickle terribly. Oh. Mm, yes, that sounds terrible. Uh, could we get inside the pyramid, please? Can you help me? I don't know that I can. If they're, if they're inside you. Can I just, like, stick a hand in and no, try and grab one of these beetles? They're thin. It's, like, finger width and a lot longer than a finger. Can I just stick my rapier in straight? Uh, yeah. Go ahead, try that. I I shall. Okay. You pull it out, and there's a dead beetle on the end. Oh. I I go and do that to all of the pockmarks I can find. And uh, as you do it, he goes, Oh, oh. As you just shove that rapier in Mm. to every hole. Um... And uh, when you're done, he says, A giant climbed up here not too long ago. He shouted, Sleet, giant king. And then bellowed in pain. Only silence followed. I, I don't know what that means. <laughs> does what, does, what does that have to do with anything? I offer that information to you as thanks. Very cool. Can we get inside <sighs> the pyramid now? I suppose so. And he lifts you up to the top of the pyramid. Nice. Great. The top of the pyramid is not capped. Instead, four boulders frame a large opening between them. That opening, at the moment, is plugged with the body of a giant. It's Mm. thick hide and hairless body. Perfectly hairless. Makes you think it is a stone giant, but it is difficult to tell. You can only see its enormous legs and backside. The rest is Is facing down into the top of the pyramid. Each of the four boulders at the top contains a series of runes. The runes glow with an obvious magical light. I go touch one of the runes. Okay. Um, would you say that you examine the runes? Yeah, you could say that. Okay. Uh, the runes arrange themselves into a form you can read. Looking at all four boulders together, this is the message. To pass, you must speak the phrase of praise. The first is the weather of the icy violence. The second is the grandest of creatures. The third is a matriarch of her land and people. Hail Dragon Queen? Hail Dragon Mother? 
were they again? The uh, the weather of winter by that's gotta be hail, right? That's gotta be yeah. And then mm-hmm. the greatest creature, if it's if it's by the cult of the dragon, I assume it's dragon. Let's go with giant though. Hail giant queen. Hail giant queen. Okay, so as you say, hail giant queen. Or sorry, hail dragon queen, which is the first thing you said. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> mm. No, no, I, I knew I knew what that what you said was the right thing, but I'm trying to figure out okay what the fuck happens here. Um, the lights go out on the ruins. Huh. All right. Uh, we should probably get this body out of the way, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Oops, a daisy, and uh, oh yeah, I'll help. It's at oh, the very top, right? The the body falls in, at the same time as the ruins go out. Oh, uh, okay. We did it. Nice. Well, let's uh, let's follow it in, I guess. I'll yeah, pull, take I'll, out some rope and lower myself down. Yeah, I'll pull out my hooded oh, lantern right. and turn it on so we can see. So as you lower the rope, you can see inside. Um, at the bottom of the pyramid, 60 feet down, lies several open chests. A few broken, burned, and bloated kobold bodies lie amid the chests. After scanning the area for a minute, you notice a large hole in the ground at the corner of the pyramid. A few small digging implements, picks, and shovels, sized for kobolds, lie broken near the hole. Hmm. You descend on a rope and enter the interior of the pyramid. All right, maybe we can make a, a kobold friend just like we have Gobber. Yeah, I want to check the kobold bodies in the chest and see if there's loot. Uh, yeah, so as you investigate the area, uh, the following is revealed to you. All that is left of the treasure is a necklace made of human ears, a magnifying glass with the glass missing, and a deck of playing cards marked so inexpertly that anyone could tell. What? What? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's a deck of playing cards marked so inexpertly that anyone could tell. I, I think it means, like, someone marked it to cheat so they could know which card was which, but uh, it's not subtle at all. That makes so sense. Okay, that's the mark. Okay, yeah. All are worthless, except for the novelty. Sure. Uh, Kobold tracks indicate that a large number of those creatures were here, and they tunneled into the pyramid through the floor. That's clever. A crumbled piece of paper rests next to one of the kobold bodies. This is also... I'll read it. It's crumbled. Uh, And it contains the following instructions, written in common. Your tribe is wise to have accepted our offer to serve us and Lord Thrym. We have provided you the instructions and the tools you need. When you have retrieved the treasure from within the pyramid, meet us at the agreed-upon location. You will be paid for your work, and we will let your tribe live. Remember, if our stone-skinned brothers find you, do not tell them of your agreement with us, or they will kill you. Uh, give me a, an intelligence check. All of us? Whoever's reading this crumbled note. Oh. I got a seven. I'll, I'll read over your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, you don't determine anything. Fifteen. Uh, you realize that, oh, this should have been a religion check, uh, that Thrym is the deity of the Frost Giants. Frost Giants, ahead of us again. Yeah, I got a five on my religion um, check. <laughs> nice. Uh, I need all of you to make investigation checks. Noise. I got a one on my investigation, made my rolls. I got really good. a 21. I'm, I'm okay, a hot streak. Right, so rough stuff and sits down and faces one of the walls. <laughs> I start oh. trying to dig my way through the tunnel, uh, the yeah. cobalt. I'm like, I'm going to find them. Right, you get your arms stuck in, at like in a hole and can't really extract yourself. Um, the other two of you, though, um, you realize that one of the chests, upon close scrutiny, is oddly crafted. There appears to be a false bottom to this chest, and several of the dead cobalts suffering burns are in closer proximity to this chest than to any other. Yes. 
I'm going to check for traps. Uh, give me an investigation check. That's an eight. Yeah, there aren't any traps. No traps here. It's all, it's all good, and I'll I'll look under the the bottom of the chest. Okay, nice. Um, uh, so you pull it up, and you get sprayed in the face with acid for seven ah, damage. Not acid. <laughs> I I heal him. Nice. How much? Do you uh, have okay. For? It'll be at least that much. Yeah, enough. There you go. You know. Uh, Here, I'll, in- ro- I'll roll. I'll roll. Yeah, go go ahead and roll. Seven. Okay, that, that was nice. enough. <laughs> Uh, inside the chest, beneath the false bottom, is a ledger containing the names and locations of many secret members of the Cult of the Dragon. The book has already been partially ruined by failed attempts of the kobolds to access the treasure. It's worth 100 gold to the authorities. Or worth 100 gold to blackmail people with. Yeah, I'll, I like that better. Yeah, it sounds I'll like it's it worth more to us. I'll tuck it away. Finding no other treasure or information in the pyramid, you climb out without needs for skill checks and leave. All right. Gobbert, my friends. On to the next one, am I right? We'll find let's you. Let's go back to town and carouse yeah, some more. Let's Wait go back to town and find you. Nothing gets you over the last one like the next one, Gobbert. What and was up says, with these? Uh... The only way to get over the last one is to get under the next one. Oh. <laughs> Gobbert's a power bottom. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that was obviously a real treat. Yeah. <laughs> How much experience did we get, though? A million. Oh, nice. <gasps> uh, we, we definitely leveled up. Yeah. I mean, well, 250 for the Badgers. Okay. Then another 25 for helping the Galeb Durr. And then you solved the puzzle without my help, so another 25. So it's 300 for each of you. Okay. Um, What? <laughs> it says the maximum total award for each character participating in this adventure is 100. So never mind. Forget oh. the three hundred. You get a hundred each. That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's exactly what up. we need. Okay. Yep. All right. Awesome. Third level, Let's baby. See. All right. Man, that was a spicy one. Yeah, that was not as good, unfortunately. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But. Well, there, there are there are no. I'm telling you that I think this this is more confirmation of the theory though that you need NPCs. Y- yeah, you definitely need NPCs. Yeah. Um, College of Eloquence. I don't know. Did what, we get any more downtime days? Take five more. Take five more. I want to go carousing real quick. Uh, no, you do that at the beginning of the next session. Oh. See, that'll keep you coming back for more. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like a Stratemeyer Syndicate strategy. Uh-huh. Exactly. Man, another dynamite session. Yeah. Two sessions in one. Yeah. What Kill. a bargain today. Wow. All right. Tune wow. in next time. Tune in next time if you if you enjoyed what you heard this time. <laughs> Brilliant. There you go. <laughs>